hey, hey, good morning to all of my beautiful and shining jewels and gems of the morning. Welcome to an all new episode of Wild Rules Minded Jewels. I am your host, Ariola Mari, and thank you all for tuning in. Here on the show, it's about exploring diverse culture, real life situations, what goes on in the world, and entertainment. After going over a specific topic, I give my own personal perspective. So, if you're looking for all of the above, then you are in the right place. Now, before we dive into it and get down to business, I want to send a huge, special, and lovely thank you to my lovely mom, Louise Lulu, and my lovely and beautiful and daring sister, Ashley, for joining me on episode six as my two special guest co-hosts. Thank you, ladies. It was so much fun. I cannot wait to do it again. And to all of my jewels and gems, yes, they will be back for an upcoming new episode very soon on this season. So stay on the lookout for that. Now, we're going to begin with the first segment of the day, and it is called The New Day Report. In this segment, I like to focus on real-life situations, entertainment, and what goes on in the real world. Today's first topic I'm going to start with is domestic violence. Now, this is a very touchy topic, but this is why this show was created. We're going to get everything out and in the open. When it comes to relationships, of course, it is damn well wrong for an individual to lay a hand on their significant other, whether if it's male or female. Overall, domestic violence is wrong. Now, I'm going to be completely honest with you all and give my theory on a type of relationship. For starters, no, I have never been in a serious relationship and no, I am not a victim of domestic abuse. However, I am a bit old enough to understand certain things that are right and wrong. In a relationship, it is never okay to yell, push, shove, hit, or slap your partner. I don't care, and I repeat, I don't care how mad you are or how your partner pisses you off. Have enough respect, love, and decency to never put yourself in that position of wanting to hurt your lover. I'm going to point something out as well. This is not a male bashing session, and I repeat, this is not a male bashing session, but I'm going to light some fire under the guys' asses when it needs to be lit. But before I do that, quick message to you all as my endearing Jules and Gems listeners. Please forgive me for my language, but the truth shall set me and us all free. Now, back to the business. It seems to me that males have and do it worse when it comes to domestic violence. In my eyes, a male is less of a man if he can raise his hand to a woman and try to break that woman. More so, a male individual is certainly a weak little boy if he can try to raise his hand at a woman, but no good and well, he's not going to be so quick to do it with another male individual. Also, mental illness is a very serious matter, and it plays a huge part in domestic violence. For example, something is really, and I mean really wrong with you, if you feel it is okay to physically and emotionally abuse your significant other, and you think that they should talk, that they should take it or put up with it. If you really think that way, then I really feel sorry for you, and you need to seek some help. 
professional help at that. I don't know what planet you living on to get a ridiculous idea like that, but somebody done told you wrong. Let me add more fuel to the fire, and I'm going to make this very clear. It is not love when you physically and emotionally abuse your partner, flip it on them, and make it seem as if it's their fault. It is not love when you can't keep your temper in check and you think it is okay to subject to violence and your partner needs to deal with it. You know who you are that simply makes you a coward and you need serious psychiatric evaluation. I'm not pointing anyone out. I'm not throwing shade, but I'm just speaking the truth about all dirtbags like this. I repeat, you know who you are that makes you a coward and you need serious psychiatric evaluation. Like straight up, for real. Now, we're going to move on to the next topic. But before I do that, I want you all's personal perspective and I want to connect with you all. Today's question of the day is, if a male individual is abusing his partner and he has a long rap sheet of abusing former partners as well, Should he be brought on serious charges for repeated offenses? Please, everyone, and I'm so dead serious, please get involved in this conversation and please feel free to answer and and have questions and comments. Answer on Twitter at WildRulesMinded and on Facebook at Ariel underscore Amari. Again, today's question of the day is, If a male individual is abusing his partner and he has a long rap sheet of abusing former partners, should he be brought up on serious charges for repeated offenses? Moving on, the next topic I want to talk about is dating. First off, I'm going to get a little personal with this topic, so everyone, please bear with me. I am not dating anyone and don't plan on it soon. But I'm pretty 100% sure that all of my enduring listeners have a question in their head. And that question is, why is that? Well, to answer, I say because I want to be able to use this time to get to know myself, sort out my wants and needs, and be able to love myself before I can love someone else. I mean, ain't that the right thing to do? Of course, it is not easy and it can be very lonely at times, but I'm okay with that. Self-love and progression is key. However, I feel one thing that is keeping me from wanting to date is plain and simple. Guys, some of these cats' ideal of dating is completely idiotic. For example, a guy can be like, oh, we're not exclusive, but I don't want you out here acting like you single. Um. Uh, what kind of uh, idea is that? I mean, come on. I don't know. Like, I don't know where these guys be getting an idea like that, but somebody done told you wrong in the words of the great legendary Martin Lawrence from his hit classic show, Martin. Somebody done told you wrong. I'm not asking for a fairy tale, but I hope and pray that I can be lucky enough to come across a pure and loving soul that'll never take time for granted. He's patient, 
embraces his scars, evolve, and always has love in his heart and love for everyone. But just out of curiosity, just out of curiosity, is it true that a person has to go through heartbreak, pain, hell, and high water to find their true love? Jewels and gems, I'm going to need your help with this one. Please, I really would like to know, like, I'm dead serious, like, out of curiosity. Is it true that a person has to go through heartbreak, pain, hell, and high water to find their true love? Dating is dating, but to have love and be in love with someone is sacred, pure, honest, and it should never be taken for granted. To have someone to devote your time with, love, grow, evolve, and blossom with, my goodness gracious, you have something great and pure. So that is what I call a rare one. So if you find yourself a rare one, you better hold on to them and you better hold on to them tight. Even if you don't have anyone as a significant other, it is absolutely okay to still have love and to love yourself, friends, and family. So that is how I view dating and love. Overall, I hope to come across my true love one day. But until then, continue to take things one day at a time and love myself. All right, everyone, that has now been the conclusion to the first segment of the day, the New Day Report. Don't forget about today's question of the day. If a male individual is abusing his partner and has a long rap sheet of abusing former partners, should he be brought up on serious charges for repeated offenses? Please, everyone, I beg of you. Please, 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 I want your voice to be heard. Please feel free to comment on Twitter at Wild Rules Minded or on Facebook at Ariel underscore Amari. Now, now, moving along. This next segment is called Phantom Talk. During this segment, I love to discuss all horror movies, my favorite horror flicks, review, and debate about them. Today's chosen flick of the day goes to The Exorcist. The Exorcist was released in theaters on December 26 of 1973. The hit movie grossed over $441.3 million at the box office and has been a classic horror flick over the past 46 years. Now, there isn't much reviewing to do today, so today's Phantom Talk segment is going to be short. So let's get through it, y'all. Now, I'm not going to lie to you all. When I first saw The Exorcist for the first time ever as a kid, I really, and I mean, I really thought people could get possessed for real, for real, in real life. I'm not too much a huge fan of religious or spiritual horror movies where people are possessed by the devil, but The Exorcist is the only spiritual movie I can make an exception for. But the part that did creep me out a bit was the scenes of Linda Blair vomiting green vomit or whatever it was. 
However, I will say the Exorcist kept an authentic sense of supernatural and spiritual themes. I mean, after you watch the Exorcist, who wouldn't think crazy stuff like that can happen in real life? Overall, I'm glad that the Exorcist has blessed us all horror fanatics with a supernatural and spiritual classic that has lasted for 46 years and many more years to go. I want to send a special shout out to Linda Blair. She did one heck heck of an amazing job as Little Reagan in The Exorcist. And yeah. All right, everyone. This has now been the conclusion to the second segment of the day, Phantom Talk. On to the next segment called On That Beat. This segment focuses on music the meaningful culture, past, present, future artists, and the diverse atmosphere. Now today, we're going to focus on the upcoming BET Awards show. Now they have yet to announce who's nominated, who's performing, who's hosting, and who will be this year's Lifetime Achievement Award recipient. The official date for this year's BET Awards is set on June 23rd next month which is two days before the 10th anniversary of the tragic death of King of Pop, Michael Joseph Jackson. Um, I'm going to jump right into this one. Since the BET Awards is two days before the late King of Pop's 10th and death anniversary, I think it'll be a wise idea for Michael to be this year's Lifetime Achievement Award recipient. Michael has not gotten his Lifetime Achievement Award yet, and I feel it is about time. As part of the Royal Triad, or the Royal Court, the late Queen of Pop, Miss Whitney Houston, has gotten her Lifetime Achievement Award. Also a part of the Royal Triad, or the Royal Court, we can't forget about the pure purple royalty himself. Prince has received his Lifetime Achievement Award as well. Now it is time for the royal court to be completed and for the king of pop, Michael Jackson, to receive his Lifetime Achievement Award as well. Michael may no longer be here with us all, but his legacy will forever live on and forever put some respect on his name. Okay? I mean, come on. When Michael passed away in 2009, The BET Awards changed up their whole show dynamic within a split second. Like, they just completely just changed everything. And throughout the entire show, it was nothing but a pure show dedicated to the King of Pop. I honestly feel like, in my opinion, that that could have been the perfect year for Mike to get his Lifetime Achievement Award. Yeah, of course, most definitely so. The OJs most definitely deserved their Lifetime Achievement Award. But since in the matter of time of Michael's tragic death and the BET Awards was changed up in only a short amount of time, they could have given the Lifetime Achievement Award to Michael as well, you know, it's a smart, it would have been a smart thing, but who knows, child? Like, yeah. 
Overall, like I've said before, I'm saying again, you know, next month it'll officially be 10 years. It'll officially be a decade since Michael's been gone. And it is about time that Michael can get his Lifetime Achievement Award. I love me some Janet Jackson. Janet is freaking amazing. But if they can freaking honor Janet at the 2015 BT Awards and give her her Icon Award, then they can give Michael his Lifetime Achievement Award. It is about time. Now, moving along, only results will have to prove itself and show, but it will be nice for BET to redeem themselves and this year's show will be much better than last year's show. But honestly, I will have to beg to differ. In all honesty, last year's show was not, and I repeat, it was not at its best at all. I mean, from technical difficulties, some folks not reading the teleprompter correctly, and boring performances, it was just completely all over the place and a complete hot mess. The only performers that I enjoyed was her and the dog father himself, Snoop Dogg. I want to send a quick and special message to Stephen Hill. Stephen, if you ever listen to this podcast episode hosted by yours truly, just know that I miss you being in charge of the BET Award shows. And when you're involved, everything runs smooth and epic. Overall, we'll have to wait and see how this year's show is going to play out. And hopefully it'll be somewhat interesting. Until then, this has now been the conclusion to today's third segment of the day on that beat. All right, everyone, I am now going to jump into the final segment of the day, give an inspirational quote, and that'll be it for the day. Today's last segment is called For Your Soul. I like to focus on the creativity of one's mind and the essence of poetry. Towards the end of this segment, I'm going to share and recite a piece of my own handwritten poetry and give a brief background story on what prompted me to write the selected poem. So. Stick with me and I'll embark you on a fruitful mental journey. So let's get into it. <clears throat> Today's poem that I've chosen from my journal is, is titled Vanity Blues. Vanity Blues was written on October 23rd of 2017. And it's one of my favorite poems that I've written so far. I mean, all of my poems that I've written are Honestly, all are my favorite, but Vanity Blues is something that's very sentimental and very sweet and endearing to my heart. So I hope you guys enjoy it. And once again, it is titled Vanity Blues. <clears throat> While I'm taking back my sense of comfort and trying to create a new one, I know that fire is still with me and it's ready to let loose. Purple plush skies impound my spirit while the mystique groove puts a special touch to my soul. This weird but exciting sound shook me to my core and said to live out loud. This miraculous sound feels like soulful music. A tough but soulful tune began to take over. Like a guitar, this tune began to become embraced and electrifying like life. I play this guitar while the fight within me continues to be on a roll. It's tough, vibrating, but colorful, insightful, pleasurable, like sex, and soothing to me. 
I sing these blues to tell my ambition of love. In the end, my sweet but somber tune of love can't be denied. It's right of strong desire and fulfilling need. These blues change my aspects on love itself. It can never be wrong and it can never be replaced with the bad. Sky high, heart yearning for this need, looking for a better approach. These love blues is a sensational tune to nair a desiring sound. Well, so far, the background story for that was what was my purpose of writing Vanity Blues? To answer, I've mentioned before on previous episodes of this show that love is something that I think about nonstop every single day. It is pure, it is sacred, it is human, and it is God's whole. It isn't just life I think about. It isn't just love I think about. Life itself is something I try to figure out every day. Whenever I have my bad days, I sometimes get this energetic rush of just going, living out loud, being great and doing great. Better yet, being and doing great, but doing it all with attitude. I mean, I feel like that's like a personal perspective on life and sometimes how I see things, you know? Like, even with just going through the bad, just somehow, somewhere, you just, you just got to find the good. And I feel like with writing Vanity Blues, that's, that's, that's something that I yearn, something that I seek. So, I hope you guys enjoyed my reading of my handwritten poem, Vanity Blues, and there's more to come on the For Your Soul segment. So stay tuned. Oh, and once again, I love you guys. I love all of my jewels and gems very much, but just know I am just in the process of copywriting my stuff. So please, I mean this with love, but awesome conviction. Don't you even think about trying to steal my stuff. (laughs) that ain't funny. I mean it with some love and conviction, but uh, still. (laughs) On a serious note, all right, Jules and Gems, today's inspirational quote is said best from the lovely Cher. If grass can grow through cement, love can find you at every time in your life. Thank you to everyone tuning in and listening to yours truly. Be sure to subscribe and follow the Wild Rules Minded Jewels podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Podcasts, Stitcher, and Radio Public. Also, please do so. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Wild Rules Minded and email the show at wildrulesmindedjewels at outlook.com for questions, comments, or suggestions. Take care, everybody. God bless you all. And until episode eight. Bye, guys.